You are listening to We Are Still Hungry with Paula D. Atkinson and Amy S. Bridges. myself as I'm as we're recording I know it's um, very weird hi it's sort of like uh this week or the last three weeks as I'm doing therapy and I can see my face while I'm doing therapy I don't like it at all no I don't like that not one bit uh, and I know that there are several workplaces that require video feeds for all their meetings and yeah. my workplace is not one of those thank you thank you Jesus God. we are still hungry I am Paula D. Atkinson and I am Amy S. Bridges. Hungry Babies, how good was Carson? I'm still on a high from that. That was so great. You too. So cute. He's so nice. He's so nice. He's just exactly like what you think he's going to be like. Um, so lovely. Yeah. And after, he sent me an email thanking us for our time. Okay. Okay, Carson Cressley. <laughs> sure. Welcome. You're welcome, Carson. I mean, I was really put out by it, but thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, if you couldn't tell, we're doing this on Zoom, which is why we don't sound as great as we usually do. And I think we're going to put up the video on the website so you can go and see our faces. I'm sure there are people who listen to the pod who don't know what we look like, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they just know us through Instagram or Facebook or something. You can see it happening. I mean, I have a lot of friends, but I, I don't think I, I mean, <laughs> that sounded, I didn't mean it to come out that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have more listeners than I do friends. True. That is. So true. there's got to be people who listen who do not know what I look like or have never seen me in real life. Yeah. Like when people say stuff on Instagram, like they love listening and I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but thank you. But thank you. Last week on the podcast, I was, I, <laughs> I outed myself as where I worked. I named my workplace. Oh, yeah. Is that okay? Which I hadn't done. It's not, like, mean, whatever. You know my full name, including my middle initial, so you could just go to LinkedIn and find out where I work. It's not that big of a secret. Um, but at the of, simultaneously as that was happening, I also discovered that there's one, two, three, four, five different coworkers that now listen to the podcast. Yay! <laughs> So, hello, friends. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so, all of you hungry babies are uh, hanging in there, taking good care of yourselves, all aspects of yourselves. Yeah. Uh, and I hope our little pod brings you a little joy right now. I hope so. You have a rainbow on your face. I know. It's because I have a crystal in my window, obviously. Uh, <laughs> it's just refracted light, you guys. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about TikTok. Uh, yeah, let's just, okay. So let's pretend that you are an adult. Yeah. Perhaps with a family, perhaps not with a family. Yeah. And you've never done TikTok before. I don't, I still don't know what it is. But you decided now was the appropriate time to do a TikTok or to get a TikTok because of the coronavirus? Yeah. No. No. Let's just not. 
let's not, let's not do that. Is it, a, is, are you doing a TikTok? If you do like a dance, is that like, uh, is it like, like um, Carlo's mom says, I'm going to go get a Starbucks when she goes to Starbucks and gets a coffee? Is it like you go get a Starbucks? That's funny. I always hated this when I worked in restaurants So people would say, um, I don't know what I want yet. So let me just have a water. You want a water. Who no. Just Uno. one water. You want one water. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think, I think that would be what you just said. I think would be the same as saying, um, I'm going to do an Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So it's a TikTok video or a TikTok vine. Yeah. Even though it's not a vine. Right. Okay. I think it's a, I think, it, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously I'm too fuck old to do a TikTok. <laughs> so that's why I'm recommending that no one else do them as well. I agree. Um, some of them have been very funny. Um, some of them are cute. My, my sweet cousin is doing them for her students. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was cute. I, I, Nicole, yes. I definitely have watched those. They're adorable. Um, and some of the celebrities, some of the celebrities are very cute. Yeah. Some of the celebrities are not. Well, no. let's not do it anymore. Some of the celebrities are embarrassing to watch. It's true. The worst offender, I believe, is Dorit from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, I didn't see that one. Not good? No, I mean, it's just like her and her family doing all of the dances. Like, please don't do that. It's a lot of the Macarena, it seems like. It all seems like very complicated Macarenas. <laughs> yes, they are very complicated Macarenas. <laughs> so let's just not do that, okay, guys? Well, um, you and I were talking before we started recording of um, there's a lot of things that we should just not do right now, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Because of what's happening in the world, like a global pandemic, and uh, most people are trying to quarantine. So I would love for us to go over our list of the things that we're asking people to just not do. Not do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opt out. Just opt out. Yeah. Number one on my list is obviously, and you said this too, the workout challenges. I just, I don't know why people think it's good content to watch someone else do 10 push-ups in a row. No. And if you, I mean, I don't think anyone would actually tag me on one, but if you tag me to do 10 push-ups, I will... I don't know what I will do. I will be so angry. What, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. No. They just, I, don't, I just don't know why. I don't, I really actually don't understand the motivation. Well, this is all, and I've talked about this last week and the week before about so much diet culture and thin idealism and fat phobia that's going on right now. And it's so bizarre that like, we're literally in a global pandemic, meaning we are trying to survive and everyone's right. worried about the, their body shape. Like, if that doesn't show that diet culture is absolutely, totally insane, I don't yeah. know. If absolutely. You do 10 push-ups in your house, do 10 push-ups. I don't care. Great. It also goes back to, like, what I've been saying for months and months and months. No one cares about your spot points. No. <laughs> no like, one that's, not, that's, not good, that's not good digital content. No one cares about that. No. My favorite tweet was, uh, if you are meal prepping right now, no one cares. Right. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Um, um, although I will say there's one caveat, one exception to this rule, yeah. and that's the um, putting on the t-shirt while in a handstand challenge. Oh, I have not seen that. It's so fascinating because I'm constantly holding my breath and I'm like completely paranoid that they're going to fall down. But it started, and also it started by, I think, Jake Gyllenhaal and maybe one other very hot 
actor that I enjoy looking at. Great, great. Your face frozen, it's your face outstanding. Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> We're outstanding. This is a problem, you guys. As I'm saying to all my clients right now, this is not ideal, but it's better than nothing. That's all. Better than nothing. I'm gonna get my phone ready though, because the next time that happens, I gotta, I gotta tell you. Also, you can you have you seen how many times I've been touching my face through this whole thing? We've been on the air for like six minutes. Don't touch any of your holes right now, Amy. I, think I can't. Um, no, so it's the thing where they like lay out a t-shirt and then they do a handstand against the wall and then they have to lift a hand and put it in the armhole and then lift the other hand and put it in the armhole and then somehow get it over their head. That's insane. That I like, I like looking at that because mostly there's naked abs, naked man abs that I get to look at. That's skill though. That's not just like, I'm yeah. so my chest looks big. That's skill. Yeah. Um, another thing that we could opt out of and I, that would make me happy is, um, the I spy thing on Facebook. Have you seen this? I have it because I, I can't go on Facebook. Good for you. Strong choice. Good for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of people doing um, I spy uh, something on your camera roll that is blue. And then everybody in the comments put, posts their blue. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. No. I, mean, I get that we're all on social media a lot right now, and that's perfect. Yeah. I have nothing against that. But, um, but no. No, thank you. Again, when the future people look back on us during this time, yeah. how do we want to have represented ourselves? <laughs> That's a good, that is uh, excellent words to live by. And I'm sure people will point to this podcast and say, really, bitch? Maybe. That's perfectly legitimate. Right. And I guess the whole point is, if you don't want to participate in any of this content, you too can opt out. So... Dorit, Dorit might be on notice. I might not be following her on Insta anymore. Uh, I've unfriended a lot of people who are just like putting up. I mean, I understand that people are like putting up dumb shit from an from an anxious place. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Sure. I am. I would like for us to no longer participate in celebrities. Celebrities doing the same thing that non celebrities are doing, which is all of the like we're all going to get so fat because of quarantine bullshit. Um, Juliet Lewis put up something yesterday about like, you know, when you said this to me earlier, I thought you said Julia Louis-Dreyfus. No. And I was so disappointed. No, Juliet Lewis, which the thing that's so disappointing and makes me angry about that is that she's, her body is obviously naturally very slim. She has had the, her body has been the same shape since she was like 13. And yeah. she, you have never experienced what it's like to have a bigger body, and nor will you probably ever, because that is not the body shape that you were born with, nor does your yes. body be any bigger than it is right now. So shut the fuck up. I mean, shut the fuck up anyway, but like, specifically you, no, no, absolutely not. And then uh, Chelsea Handler put out this video of her making breakfast, and it was so full of like, I, I told you earlier, it was like, she was making eggs, and she was like, now, you guys, if you use the egg yolks, then don't use cheese because you only get one fat. And if you, I like to get my fat from just the uh, cooking oil. And so I only use egg whites. And I was like, shut up. According to whom am I only supposed to have one fat? I guess she's a dietitian. I had no idea. No idea. Wow. Yeah. She well, I guess that's why I've been, guess that's why I'm a giant fat person because I've been adding cheese to my eggs for. Literally years. Literally my entire life. Right. Have you tried eggs with cheese? 
Yeah, it's real fucking good. <laughs> yeah. She says fast my big shit all the time now. Right. Um, another thing that I want us to stop doing, and maybe this is just some inward gazing. Sure. We need to stop buying things on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Probably. I bought two things. Yeah. One, I bought a straightening iron comb. Straightening iron comb? A straightening. <laughs> yep. A straightening iron comb. What the hell is that? It looks like a... I don't even know how to say it. It looks like a comb. Okay. But it's a, a, but it's a hot tool. It's a hot comb. It's a hot comb. And it straightens? Yes. And it curls? I don't think it curls. I think it just smooths. Oh. Because my hair, my hair doesn't, I don't, I have naturally wavy hair. Right, right, right. And sometimes I don't want that. So I just want it to be straight a la this. So I have to use like a straightening comb to it. Or straightening iron, whatever. And so I have approximately 822 different kinds of styling tools. So I just bought another one. Uh, Carla always asks me, why do you have so many brushes? And I'm like, because, you know, each one of those was absolutely going to change my life. For sure. And make my everyday so much easier. <laughs> just really streamline the whole process. Exactly. Um, but the other thing I bought was... <laughs> I'm only a little embarrassed about this. Those set of red, yellow, and blue vegetable peelers. Primary colors. Have you seen them where he's like, if you want cabbage, you get the blue one and the cab, and then you can do like this, and then you have all this shredded cabbage. And then he picks us up a carrot, and then you go up and down and up and down. Let me maybe not make those hand motions. Um, and then it, you can get like carrot noodles and zucchini noodles and stuff like that. And then also... The other one is like a heavy-duty one. You could do a pumpkin. Really? You just, want, you just want to peel that pumpkin, you just do that with this other color. I can't believe I've not seen these. Peel a whole fucking pumpkin. Yeah. I've not seen these. I think it's very fascinating which Instagram ads show up. Mine's all like beauty products. Mine's all like eyebrow grower. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't know why I've been seeing that peeler one for a long time. But I really feel like if there was ever going to be a time in my life where I just, like, fucking get on the vegetable train, it's going to be now because I'm just going to be peeling them all nonstop. Yeah, there's a lot of cooking happening. Uh, I am sick of seeing all over people trying to act superior because they don't want to or refuse to watch the Tiger King. Who are these people? I don't know. People are like, uh, I'm quarantining, but I'm not so desperate that I'm going to watch that shit. You're lost, bitch. It is genius. Yes, I completely agree. Don't try to act superior because you don't want to watch it. Just le just lean in. Just give it to Lean you. in. Get there. Lift. It is a beautiful, incredible documentary. Um, I'm not going to out which one of my friends said this because I'm just not going to, but one friend said that it really bummed her out when she realized that every single person in, in the Tiger King had an equal opportunity to vote for president. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I don't want to watch, I don't, I hope I didn't watch it from a place of like, all these people are fucked up and stupid and everybody yeah. on the is terrible. Like, it's just a fascinating characterological documentary of people who have a lot of mental health issues. Uh, yeah. 
and drug and drug abuse and drug abuse and people are doing the best they can i mean it's it is it is fascinating truly fascinating. yeah yeah so i know that people are giving carol baskin a hard time but i was thinking about this okay if i had been getting death threats for the entire my entire career yeah i probably would not do that job anymore no i probably wouldn't either and yet that's how dedicated she is to these animals like she's like okay i'm getting death threats but but I i'm gonna just keep doing it like that's what that's what this that's this is what my purpose is to be on this planet and do this i just find it the whole thing is just fascinating every single person in it is fascinating staff i feel like he yeah identifies as a man uh he was incredible the whole thing yeah. he got his arm chopped off um spoiler alert but everybody's watched it right yeah uh and then um josh the campaign manager he was also fascinating he who knew he would be like the most sane normal person he was really smart and then the whole thing is that at the end like the actual villain in the whole thing is jeff lowe that guy is trash not in a like classism way but just no. a terrible fucking person he's a terrible person oh. terrible oh yeah criminal i mean i i don't know or care if uh joe actually did plot to kill carol baskin or any of that stuff maybe he did maybe he didn't i know he talked about it a lot but i don't think that necessarily means that he was gonna go do it sure. but he definitely got played by jeff lowe oh totally awful yeah. Um, but so since I did already uh, admit that I added myself and I have coworkers who listen to this, I'm going to repeat some of the stuff that I learned about tigers in captivity this week. Big cats. Big cats. Okay. So Tiger King does not do a good job at all of highlighting the difference between like a menagerie or a roadside attraction or a zoo um, as opposed to a sanctuary, which is accredited by the American Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Okay. Um, they have this long list of standards that these keep that these keepers, like Carol Baskin and that kind of um, that kind of place, must adhere to. And so the only two that they mentioned were no contact right. with the animals at all, and then how they're fed. And there's a ton more that make Carol Baskin's place a lot reputable and actually a good place for these animals to go after they've been rescued from places like these roadside attractions like Joe Zach's. Got it. Um, and so one of the things that is the most heartbreaking, I think about the big cats that are, are there now is that they don't have any genetic value, which is really terrible. What does that mean? <laughs> so it means that, so there's a lot of people, um, a lot of the people who argue for these kinds of uh, roadside zoos that are not accredited say, well, at least you are promoting interest in animals and you're promoting um, conservation in a way um, that exposes a, a large number of people to animals that they wouldn't normally have had access to and then they fall in love with it and then they become conservationists. So that's not true. The animals that are in these kinds of places are um, so inbred and they're so genetically manipulated to be the kinds of animals that they are that they could never be released into the wild. They would have absolutely no skills whatsoever. Yeah. Not only that, but they associate humans with food. Right. So 
they are would never be able to be released. Like, what are you going to take? So the, the the genetic pool is so um, I don't know what the right word for it is, and I'm sure that my coworkers who are listening are not okay. Um, but the cohort, my uh, the tigers are are have been inbred so much that they're not really classic Bengal tigers anymore. So they're not they don't they're just like this hodgepodge of what they now are now calling like an American tiger, which does not exist because America doesn't ha- does not have tigers. <laughs> they're not na- tigers are not native to the north to the northern north. I almost said northern Virginia. Do they really call them American tigers? Yeah, I mean with like air bunnies, but yeah. Oh, that's hysterical, but yeah. sad, but tragic, but hysterical. Yeah. Um, also, white tigers, that, that's not albinism, though that is a genetic mutation that they have been bred in order to be white because they're gorgeous and beautiful. Wow. So that's a terrible thing. And then I think that's doodle. Yeah, like a labradoodle, except for dangerous. Wow. So um, everyone watch it. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to move into some fucked up shit. Yes, fuck up shit. <laughs> Love it when you sing. <laughs> so this is um, our two segments. I think are going to overlap a little bit because all of this is just one big pot of gumbo that we are currently dining on. Yes. Um, but I just wanted to quickly highlight the reasons, or to highlight the fact that people of color are getting and dying of COVID much, 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 much. Uh, at a much higher rate than anybody else. Yep. Not shocked. Not shocked. This is my not shocked face. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, so the read this article from ProPublica, which you know is um, my place to get unbiased news. Yeah. And so they're using uh, the city of Milwaukee as sort of a microcosm to then extrapolate for the rest of the United States. Yeah. Um, but but you want to hear some statistics? Love a statistic. I know you do, girl. Okay. So this is as a Friday. Today is Sunday. So this is as a Friday. So African Americans make up over half, almost half of the uh, Milwaukee County's 945 cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and 81% of its 27 deaths. Okay. So we've got 50% of the cases and 81% of the deaths, even though the entire county population is only 26% black. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the reason why we're talking about Milwaukee is because it's one of the few places in the United States that is actually tracking this kind of data. Yeah. So our good girlfriend, um, Lizzie Warren, and four other Democrats, Democrat, I thought it was like, oh, does the sound out again? No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so five, five Democrats, uh, five legislators, Democratic le- legislators have, including Liz, have, remember that she only dropped out of the race like maybe four weeks ago? No. That Do you remember that there is still a presidential race happening? No. It, uh, that was 17 years ago. I know. Nope. I, I just looked at our thing, and we talked about Harvey Weinstein like three weeks ago. What? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. No. And he has COVID, doesn't he? Does he? Oh, I don't think he's well. No. no. Oh. Here, let me just go on a rant real quick. Let me take a break from the... I mean, it's all the same thing anyway, but people... People, whoever is in charge, if you are in jail uh-huh. on a any kind of misdemeanor, any kind of nonviolent thing, and you have less than, I don't know, two years left in your sentence, get out of jail. Yeah. You are putting these people, like you're 
basically creating the most perfect situation for everyone to get a terrible disease virus and then die. Yeah. And that is not, that for 1000% is cure is cruel and unusual punishment in my non-constitutional law perspective. Amen. Let them go home. Let them go home. So dumb. And people, um, sailors who are currently on boats where there's like 8,000 people on a boat, get those people off the boat. Yeah. You cannot socially distance. Right, but then there's, like, all of the cruise ships that have been just, like, docked in the San Francisco Bay Area for, like, months because there was, like, one case, and that people are just stuck in their rooms on a cruise ship in the Bay looking at land. It's Right. Looking at Bay on New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) What? There's, you know, when you're driving to New York and you go through, like, that really shitty part of New Jersey and then in the Bay Bay on area, that's, there's, like, cruise ships docked right outside of there. Same thing. Just hanging out. Those poor people. That is cruel. Yeah. So there is a ship docked somewhere, and the captain of that ship, the Admiral, is someone whose name I do not know, but he has at least like seven or 8,000 people on his ship, and he wrote an email, which I think had classified or not classified information in it, um, but he was basically saying that this is, we should get these non-essential workers off of this boat. This is not appropriate for all these people to be here, and he was fired. Oh, yeah, and then everybody applauded him when he got off. Yeah, Carl yeah. about that. Yeah, um, so that's, I agree. I mean, I don't know, the, he may have been fired for a legitimate reason. Like, I, I don't know what that, I don't know what the rules are for sharing information like that, so that's fine. Um, but for sure, I agree with his point that we need to have those non-essential people get off of that boat, and we need to get people in jail out of jail. Like, I have a very dear friend whose husband is currently in jail for a misdemeanor, not big deal, drug crime. And he needs to get the fuck out of it. Let them out. He has, like, three months left on his sentence. And, of course, now she can't talk to him because somebody in his prison camp, they call it camp, somebody in his camp was um, exposed. And so now everybody's quarantined, including this guy. So they're all in solitary confinement. For, like, a drug charge. For, like... Well, actually, no one... Neither she nor his parents have any idea where he is because they have not been able to talk to him. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And why yeah. can't you talk to him on the phone if he has... If there... That's, He's not available. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyway, going back to uh, COVID and people of color. So, again... So where was I? Okay, so Lizzie Warren uh, has proposed all of this um, legislation to track this data, but that's why we're relying on this Milwaukee data because we can extrapolate it and it will be, of course, the same for everyone else. Yes. So the reason why people are getting and dying of COVID is the same reason why the mortality rate for um, black mothers is sky high and it's not for America or it's not for white women. Um, it's the same reason why we've talked about all of this stuff with um, black people, black women, how they describe their own health is not considered valid. And so a lot of their symptoms are overlooked. And so they don't get um, the proper medical care. So there's environmental, economic, political factors. They've all compounded this stuff for generations, like years and years and years and years. So they're putting people of color, black people, at higher risk for all these chronic conditions and all of these things that have comorbidity, right? So um, uh, weakened immune systems, asthma, heart disease, hypertension, diabetes. It's not because somehow in the genetic makeup of a black person, they are more susceptible to these things. Like, that. do you understand that everyone is the same? Everyone is the same. 
On the inside. <laughs> Our genes are the same. On the inside. Okay, so what we're learning is that, um, so COVID is just unmasking the deep disinvestment in our communities, yeah. the historical injustices, and the impact of res residential segregation. So this is coming from someone who spent three, 13 years at the CDC. Uh. Um, all this person did was identify, measure, and address racial bias within the medical system. So they, this person has done. That's a big job. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of information. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is the most sort of breathtaking moment when I was reading this. Because, you know, like, sometimes you get sort of desensitized to the amount of information that you hear. Yeah. But, um, quote, the overrepresentation of people of color in poverty and white people in wealth is not just a happenstance. It's because we're not valued. Meaning... Yeah. People of color are not valued. And it's the same reason why if women were valued as individuals, um, the same as men, equally to men, then things that are historically and traditionally um, female things or women things, women's roles would be paid uh, equally, like child care, um, housework, um, um, taking care of elderly, yeah. any, any of the, the, the home caretaking Yes, um, that's yeah, so that's why, that's in another reason, like, so women of, women are, not, oh my god! <laughs> uh, if you watch the video, my boyfriend is in his underwear. Get out! Oh, We're gonna post your belly in your underwear online, you weirdo! I can't help how sexy I am. It's true, he can't help how sexy he is. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, that was so rude. It's fine because I lost my train of thought again. So, <laughs> uh, anywho, yes. So basically, in a nutshell, if people of color were valued in this country, we would have made a much bigger effort to mitigate some of these factors generations ago. And this is just highlighting it. I mean, this is a lesson that we did not learn in Katrina. Right. This is a lesson that we did not learn with the war on drugs. This is a lesson that we have not learned in the war on AIDS. Right. about uh, marginalized communities. And so now we are seeing these, we're seeing these marginalized groups of people of color paying for this with their lives. Amen. Yes. And it's not okay. Good reporting, Amy. Thank you. We're going to say basically the same thing. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about, again, I know I already talked about it two weeks, two uh, um, episodes again. Ago, and then I talked about it just briefly last week with uh, with Carson. But um, I just want to talk about specifically the overlap of um, poverty. So you talked about it kind of from a racial standpoint, and I'm talking about it from a classism standpoint. Yeah. And uh, what we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is the uh, classism and fatness and BMI and all of this is all rigged uh rigged specifically against um, uh, people who live in poverty. So there's a yeah. really great article on the Huffington Post right now written by a woman named Lauren Roello, and she talks about uh, specifically on March 10th, she was feeling sick. She um, took a test, positive for COVID. Uh, she got steroids, you know, to uh, open up her her. Um, lungs and throat and then uh, she went back she was still wasn't feeling good she went back to the doctor two weeks later and the doctor said and she asked for more steroids and the doctor said I don't recommend that that medication can lead to weight gain 
And Lauren was like, I'm sorry. She was like, oh, perhaps that's the case, but I would like to breathe. I know that's weird. But like, even if I'm fat, wow. you know, even if I'm fatter, I would like to breathe and not die of um, asphyxiation by COVID-19. Yeah, that he's literally saying, if you were to get this and get fat, it would be worse than if you just died. Then if you just um, die because you're drowning in your in a virus. Yeah. Right. Uh, so she, she says, and I quote, when the session ended, I felt abandoned, furious, and confused. While my mom and spouse networked so that they could find a new doctor, uh, she started researching intersections of pneumonia, steroids, and weight, and she could not find concerns about weight gain for the short-term short term use of these specific steroids that are being used for people who are suffering from COVID-19. Yeah. So... That happened. And then my good friend, Dr. Joshua Woolrich, who you should all follow on the Instagram. He is a hot doctor. He is so beautiful. Um, he has a beautiful English accent and he's super fat positive and health at every size and glorious. Love that. Yeah. So he posted today, uh, there is a new report um, taken by the Intensive Care National Audit and Research Center of the UK. And okay. What they have found is that there is no evidence at this present time to suggest that BMI, which is bullshit, we understand, but that to, uh, to suggest that BMI is a risk factor um, right. for admission to the ICU if you have coronavirus. So no conclusive evidence to show that a higher body weight would make it more likely that you would be admitted to the ICU. Um, they, he shows a beautiful graph. Yeah, I know how you love a graph. Love a graph. <laughs> so many graphs right now. I feel like people who love graphs are uh, living their best lives with COVID-19. Did you see the, um, the flattening the curve graph where they inserted it and made it kitties instead? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I didn't see that one. I'll have to find that. I love it. Uh, so what Josh also noticed in the graph is that uh, if you look at the data, um, the distribution of those admitted uh, to the ICU, so people who are critically ill, follows the BMI distribution of the general population, and meaning, meaning most everyone is in the overweight category, and the right. um, cutoffs are completely arbitrary and bullshit. Right. And, like we've talked about on this podcast before, a higher BMI even seems to be slightly protective against admission when looking at previous data set from 2017 to 2019 of patients with non-COVID-19, but like viral pneumonia, things, yeah. things are very similar to COVID-19. So just like our friend Lindo Bacon talks about, that people with elevated BMIs, so people who are in the overweight and even um, mildly obese categories, again, these categories are bullshit, um, yeah. actually live longer and are actually um, more likely to live if they are diagnosed with a deadly disease or with pneumonia or with anything. Um, because like your great, great grandma would say, you need a little meat on your bones if you're going to survive, bitch. Yeah. Suck it, skinny people. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, those of you with um, zero body fat, be careful. Be careful. So then I want to talk about the fact that just like we've talked about, 
people who live in bigger bodies tend to be people who live in poverty. And um, that's not because um, poor people are super dumb and don't know how to stop eating Oreos. Um, yeah. It's because, like you talked about earlier, people who live in poverty don't have access to health care, um, are more likely to not have access to fresh fruit and vegetables. And it turns out if you are working a job where uh, you don't get any sleep and you can't take care of yourself, um, maybe your body is going to get bigger. Uh, a lot of times, maybe your body isn't going to get bigger. But people yeah. who live in oppression and live in marginalization, their bodies uh, are going to react to things um, in a more deadly, more harmful way than, right. than rich white people who get to go to Pilates and drink green juice. And yeah. so um, uh, I want to talk about Detroit. You talked about Milwaukee, but uh, a Guardian article that I read um, talks about the high rates of social disadvantage and higher comorbidities, like you talked about, in the city yep. of Detroit makes Detroit super vulnerable to COVID-19. Um, Detroit, they are thinking, is going to have a horrible death rate um, because so many people don't have health insurance, don't have ways to take care of themselves. I mean, I was thinking about it in terms of like when we found out that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson had it, I was yeah. all afraid they were going to die. No. They're rich people. They're not going to die. Rich no, they're not going to die. Rich people don't die of this? No. Yeah. Um, about a third of people in Detroit live in poverty. That's a big chunk of humans. Yeah. Um, while you're, <laughs> you froze. I did. And yeah, I gotta, I gotta take a picture of it. You froze too. And you look very inquisitive. What? Are you taking a picture? I did. <laughs> it's so distracting. Like when my clients, their face freezes in a very funny. <laughs> oh, cute. That's a lot of teeth. Yes. So cute. A lot of teeth. Um, while you were doing that, though, I was going to look up um, the mayor, our mayor, uh, Mayor Bowser, came out with some, are we recording? Yeah. Yes. Came out with a statistic uh -huh. about how many D.C. residents she thinks are going to die, and it's like 65,000 people or something. Yeah. Our city's not that big. And so keep going. A lot of those people are, going, are people of color and people who live in poverty. Uh, a New York Times article talks about the fact that um, – it's actually a white collar quarantine. So when we talk about like everybody's in quarantine and everybody's quarantining, no, not everybody can afford to quarantine. Some of yeah. us can, but not everybody can't. You know, you've seen the pictures of people on the, on the subway in New York City. Those are people who can't afford to stay home. Those are right. people who still have to go. I thought about it last night when Carlo and I ordered about a million dollars worth of Chinese food. Like the guy who works at DoorDash who came to give me my Chinese food, God bless him, but he's putting his life at risk so that I can fucking have Chinese food. I mean, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad he's making money, but like, again, this is, when, when we talk about everybody quarantining, it's not true. Not everybody right. can. Not everybody no, is. people can't. And um, I read some New York Times article where it talked about how um, down in Union Square, yeah, Metro, wide open. Yeah. But you go up to the Bronx. Totally. Shoulder to shoulder. Because yeah. those are the people that got to come all the way down into Manhattan, the white part of Manhattan. Right. And make sure that you can get your bagel or whatever. Exactly. Mm, the other part of this is that is so terrifying or maybe not terrifying or shocking at all um, is that there is something called a uh, $80,000. For $80,000, anybody can buy a six-month plan with something called uh, private health management. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it helps people with serious medical conditions or with not serious medical conditions navigate our fucked up healthcare system. Right, like when I had my, my breast cancer scare, I'm like, who is project managing this breast? Zero people. Zero people. But maybe a full-time job, and that's why you can get someone to pay. Yeah. Yeah. So for only $80,000, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, someone can do that for you. I should have used my $80,000, which was more salary than I was making at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that that, so number one, the fact that that's needed is horrifying. Second of all, the fact that all, like, if you think about it, it's so aggravating and, and it makes me so furious that rich people, I mean, it, I'm at a loss. Um, that, of course, this is the case, but like that rich white people are not going to die of this disease. I mean, some of them are. Of yeah, course. of course they are. Statistically speaking, of course. But for the uh, most part, rich white people are going to be fine. Rich people can afford to stay in their fucking homes and watch Netflix. Rich white people can afford to um, buy their own fucking ventilator if they need it. And yeah. um, people of, of color, people who live in poverty, this virus is... Um, shockingly showing us how awful classism is and that mm -hmm. we do not care if poor people die. We do. No, we don't value their lives. And so if they die, they don't care. No yeah. one cares. Um, and that is coming from the top down because that's what President Trump is saying. Basically. I mean, he's saying that if more people have to die so he can keep the economy afloat. Which is so fascinating because I love all of the um, pro-life people who are against abortion who are like, oh, yeah, let's just um, let some people die for the economy, but not unborn babies. Right. Yeah. Uh, I loved the tweet that was like, hey, women, if you're pregnant and you're going to get your stimulus, stimulus check, demand one for your baby because either you get more money yeah. or they have to admit that your baby is a fetus. <laughs> I mean, that your fetus is a human being. Amen. All right, hungry babies. We have lots of recommendations because we've been watching a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I would like to say just absolutely bravo. Kudos, high praise to the producers of Bravo Television. <laughs> we have now gotten The Real Housewives of New York, which is great. Yeah. Um, but during the day, I think that they are acknowledging that those of us who are working from home and not on video clients all day. Yeah. Uh, like to have a little background noise so that we don't go completely bonkers. Right. So they've played like the entire 10 seasons of Real Housewives of uh, New York the day of the premiere. <laughs> I watched all of it. The all entire of it. 10 seasons? Not all 10 seasons, but like oh at God. least like the past two seasons, like just back to back to back to back. So I got completely caught up. Also, I watched... Um, the very first and second seasons of Vanderpump Rules. Really? I never saw the first couple seasons. Oh, my God. First of all, the makeup was insane. Terrible. But, like, it looked so good at the time. And I really kind of feel like it still looks good, but it just looks dated in a way. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But, like, the fact that um, Kristen and Tom Sandoval were together. No. no. Oh, my God. It's so weird. So weird. No. And Ariana was, like, doing, like, a lot of braid work. It was, like, a, like braids that were, like, coming over like this. It was not good. Um, but Stassi and Jack's dating? That, I cannot. I will never get over that. That is so weird. Yeah. It was, the whole thing was very weird. Anyway. So I did a lot of that. And I've had a lot of background noise stuff, but um, 
I've also watched a couple of things that I should recommend, but you go, you go first. Okay, so my first, we'll just trade off. My first yeah. recommendation is Ryan Heffington's Instagram dance party, which is <laughs> almost every day. You have to go to his Instagram to find out what time it is. It's uh, Pacific time because he's in LA. Ryan Heffington, you may not know, is uh, the choreographer for all of Sia's videos. Okay, with little Maddie Ziegler. Yeah, so all the way, and Kristen Wiig for, um, the, uh, what was that on? Grammys? Grammys, VMAs, whatever. Sure. Um, it's so fun. It's so delicious. He's such a wonderful, sweet little thing. He talks about love. He always wants you to go get a prop. So uh, I went, I attended one with 6,000 other people um, like a week and a half ago. And he's like, okay, pause, go get two items of clothing and put them on because then you're going to take them off. And he makes you take them off in this dramatic way. How cute. So fun. Pure joy. Pure, pure joy. Oh, I love it. Um, if you have not watched Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu, you should do that. It's very good. It's a great book. Carrie Washington is magnificent. And does anybody play an uptight blonde Southern woman better than Reese Witherspoon? No. 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 She's perfect. She's perfect. And the fact that it's so, yeah. I want to get all the way through it and then I want to read the book, but I really would like to dive into some of the, um, some of the things about race in it because like this, this these, it was like set in 1990, in the early nineties, which is when I was in high school. Right. So like Reese Witherspoon's daughter that's dating the black guy during that whole show, like. Yeah. Hit a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> was that triggering? It was not triggering. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it was really interesting. Although my boyfriend's never had a big old fade like that, but. Oh, that's too bad. But I do, I do love a high top fade, so. Uh, who doesn't, 90s? Yeah. Um, Brene Brown's podcast, I think it just started like right before this all happened, is so oh. great. And her latest one, uh, he, she does a beautiful interview with David Kessler, who is the psychologist who took over for Elizabeth Kubler-Ross after she passed away. Yeah. He's been dying. And... Uh, talks so much about anticipatory grief, which is something we're all experiencing right now, whether or not you know it. Yes. And he's the one who came up. So Elizabeth Kubler-Ross had the five stages of, not grief, actually. They're the five stages of people who are dying. Um, we fuck it all up. Uh, and then he's the one who added the sixth, which is meaning. So after acceptance comes meaning. It's a human need to create meaning from a traumatic event dying somebody close to you dying or like what we're going through right now um he's so brilliant and lovely and warm and delicious and Brene Brown is perfect always yeah so highly recommend that it actually um to listen to that named a lot of my own feelings and it, it uh helped me a lot to sort of recognize what was going on for myself in the midst of all this yeah anticipatory grief is that what you call it anticipatory grief, which is fascinating that's it's uh to get personal, like I was experiencing that exactly a year ago because my mom was dying. So it's yeah. a very similar feeling of like bad things are going to happen and I'm, I'm experiencing the grief even, even though it hasn't, I mean, bad things are happening right now in the world, obviously, um, but the feeling of like any minute now it's going to hit and we're all going to die. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's, I never heard that phrase before just now and that's really spectacular. Yeah. It's great. So good. Yeah. 
I want to recommend this, but it comes with a caveat because I don't want you to, I want you to be at, um, use discretion and watch this only if it's something that you would normally watch. But the trials of Gabriel Hernandez is a magnificent documentary, but it's very hard to watch because there's a lot, it's a child abuse and it's very explicit and it's very hard to watch, but it's amazing. Um, yeah, I heard a lot about it. It sounds terrible, tragic, but also fascinating. Yeah. Those were very, very sick people. Very. I want to recommend um, Broadchurch. If you need something that's compelling that you look forward to watching every night, Carlo and I started this. First, we watched The Stranger, which is a British mystery show, and that was good. It was really good. Um, but then we started Broadchurch, which is uh, a British mystery show, like okay. a detective show. Um, okay, writing it down. With Olivia Coleman, who's so fucking brilliant. Love her. Perfect. It is so good. And whenever I watch British shows, I'm like, you guys, they're just so much better at us, <laughs> than us at acting. And the, the, um, the, uh, the first season of this, they really delve into like um, love and relationships across age ranges, but they don't hit you over the head in the kind of waspy way that probably Americans would in this, like, it's bad and you're terrible if you do it. They just explore it. And uh. then leave it open. Um, it's really fascinating. It's so smart. So brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Okay. okay. Great. Um, and then the last thing that I started today um, um, is called How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Oh, yeah. I saw this on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I was... Um, it's insane. It's this woman... It's these two women who are part of the um, chemists or the, yeah, the, um, scientists who work at the Massachusetts crime lab. So like if you get arrested for marijuana or cocaine or something, these small little crimes, you, that whatever you're arrested with has to go to the crime lab. They have to test it to make sure it's cocaine, even though they know it's cocaine. So this woman was like testing all the drugs and decided that maybe she would just put a dropper full of liquid meth in her mouth. (laughs) And then she got real good at like, cranking out the cases so it's like opening up a, a lot of um fascinating yeah it's opening up a lot of like if she worked on your case does that mean you get to like get out of jail and so they let a bunch of people out of jail and then they had to make them go back and it's a whole thing so, wow fascinating yep it's a little liquid meth you guys yeah yeah just like put a dropper in it I guess if you're working with it all day every day I mean curiosity is going to get the best of you at some point yeah. And she, so the, she didn't like, she didn't use the drugs that the were that were the evidence in a case. She used the controls, which is like pure cocaine and pure methamphetamines that are used so that they can like, you know, do comparisons to make sure that this is actually the same drug. So wow. she was getting like perfectly non fucked up, <laughs> like perfect drugs. Whoa. Yeah. Um, all right, I have, well, you and I both recommend Leslie Jordan's Instagram right now. Oh my God. So good. I've loved him from the moment I saw him on Designing Women. Totally. And then when he played Beverly Leslie on Will and Grace, it was another hysterical role. Just time he's on the TV screen, it is pure gold. It is perfect. It is marvelous. So funny. And his Instagram. Well, shit. What are y'all doing? (laughs) 
<laughs> just sitting in Chattanooga, listening to California Love by Dr. Dre and Tupac. So good. <laughs> oh my God, he's so brilliant. Porn for breakfast. I will never get over it. So cute. Uh, uh, so thank you, Leslie Jordan. Thank you for thank you for your service. Yes. Um, the Invisible Man was pretty good. Um, it was a really good remake. And even though um, Carlo hates her, be- uh, Elizabeth Moss, because she's a Scientologist, she did a really good job. Oh, yeah, I do want to watch that. Uh, that was real good. And then um, last thing I just thought of, you guys listen to The Weeknd's new album. It is so good. Oh, you know, that's something that's missing from my life. I've not listened to any of my normal podcasts, and I haven't listened to any music because I just usually do that in the car. Yeah. Or, I don't know, like, life is so different now. It is. I started making sure that, like, if, uh, if I'm not working or something that I, there's music on because it brings so much more joy to the house, yeah. you know, it makes me feel normal. And did we just finish two weeks of quarantine or three? Three. Right? Yes. Three. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, so Carlo's been out of work for three weeks. Okay, three. Uh, yeah, do we go us? The Weeknd album is brilliant. It's very um, old school Michael Jackson. It's very uh, a little Prince. It's uh, a little um, Pharrell. It's great. Okay, I'm down. Uh, last thing, I just want to make sure that all of the hungry babies are taking good care of themselves. Um, you may experience waves of anxiety. You may experience waves of anticipatory grief. Um, to just let all of your feelings come up, because the cool thing about emotions is they need motion. And so if you let them come up and crest, they will go away. But if you push them down or judge them or do the meta-feeling thing where you have a feeling about your feeling or a judgment about the feeling... Uh, that's way more suffering than necessary. So just yeah. let yourself have all the feelings. Right. It's really- and I know we're using social media as a way to entertain ourselves and to distract us. But if you don't, um, you don't, 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 I mean, never compare yourself, but also don't compare yourself to people. Like if people are like doing this thing where they like get out of bed and shower, <laughs> hopefully everyone's getting out of bed, but shower every day and they're using this routine and they're drinking lots of water and they're going for a walk every day and you're not doing that. That's fine. You're going to be fine. What I'm telling all of my clients is nobody is progressing on their mental health journey right now. Yes. We are all just surviving. Yes. Find yourself regressing in any way, behaviorally, mental health wise. It's okay. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Once you are not in this completely unprecedented situation that none of us have ever lived through ever before in our lives. Yeah. Go back to where you were and things will be fine. I promise you. So don't get too hard on yourself and don't judge yourself. Uh, if you're maybe drinking more than you usually do, if you're eating cookie dough for every meal, if, right? Go ahead. It's okay. We don't, yeah. have to, we don't have to come out of this quarantine better people of yeah. the United States and our fucked up health, healthism culture's idea of what is a good person. You don't yeah. have to come out of this at, um, more evolved. You don't have to learn a fucking language. Fuck you, Gwyneth Paltrow. Is she learning a language? No, she was like, maybe we should all be using this time to like learn a new skill or learn a, la- learn a foreign language. No, we're still working. I know. I, yeah, some of us have jobs, you stupid bitch. 
And our jobs are, a lot of people's jobs are harder now. Right. My job is at least 150% harder now, not only because I'm working from home and it's like cooking in someone else's kitchen and all that stuff, but we're actively trying to raise money and protect animals right. because the animals don't know it's a pandemic. So we're trying to do all of this stuff in spite of COVID. Yeah. We're doing extra stuff. So sorry, I'm not going to learn Cantonese, Gwyneth. Right. And I, working, like, doing virtual sessions with my clients, while I'm so grateful that I get to do it, it's really fucking exhausting. Some of us still have jobs. Um, and even if we don't have jobs, you get to just survive right now. You yeah. don't need to fucking be more evolved when, you, when we're done. Yeah. <sighs> but we love I miss you. you. Yeah, I know. I miss you. I love you, Amy Bridges. I love you. Um, and we love you, Hungry Babies. And I know stay this, safe. I know this is not ideal, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. And if you don't enjoy this content, then you don't have to listen to it. We'll, we'll be back together at some point. We will. We will. And then you can listen to us then when we're back together in the same room. It's true. Um, but we're doing this for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's for that's nothing. No truer words. So love you. Bye. Stay hungry. Bye. Turn around.